You know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm All right. Not. Well, I mean, I understand. <laughs> Neither does Parker. Call, call Matt. <laughs> I've never wanted to do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh. He looks at the clock. He's like, oh, shit. It's that time of the week again. <laughs> All right, um, that's okay. I guess that we're starting. Hey, everybody, welcome down to the Critic, a podcast. Each week, we talk about movies, both new and on Netflix. Uh, this week's movie is the documentary "Never Sleep Again: The Elm Street Legacy." Uh, I'm Chris Klump. With me for the first time ever, Matt Schaefer. <laughs> Wow, Matt, you've changed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, you're a little shorter. Uh, your hair is different. I, um, I didn't sing that. Like, I didn't sing anything. Yeah, you yeah you're not sing singing or doing songs. a weird voice. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't I, believe I, that you are Matt Schaefer. I thought about working on a Matt Schaefer impression, but I'm like, it it, it just wouldn't. I couldn't keep together no. that long. No. We used to yell a lot. You just, yeah, you just have to yell constantly. Scream constantly. Okay, okay. For real, I'm... No, don't actually scream. I'm, uh, I'm Michael Karstetter, roommate to... Fellow co-host Matt Schaefer. That's right. Also, uh, host of Exit the Critic, which someday is going to have to. Do, do you know how many people have come up to me and are like, "Hey, is Exit the Critic really a th- like? Is that really a podcast?" Do you and know like, how much? No, yeah, look, Jeremy you Sayer. Find it. <laughs> do you think I could really fill up forty minutes a little alone? Of you could fill up like ten minutes and people would be happy with it. <laughs> I, th- I think me writing a comment occasionally on the Facebook page is good enough, like yep. I did last week. Yep. But I like alluding to a. A 40-minute podcast that exists that Just has the, the same number of episodes, <laughs> but it's minus one. It's always minus one because you're always one episode behind because you started. And it's just critiquing a what? show about critiquing <laughs> films. Uh, welcome to Extra Critica. This week, uh, let's look what those idiots on it. Enter the Critic did. It's just like the angriest, most passive-aggressive And then you, like, you like look at Enter the Critic news and yeah. then... <laughs> Uh, All right, this week on Exit the Critic News, here's what Enter the Critic wrote on their Facebook page. And then then, uh, instead of trailers, you you discuss like what we like tease for the next episode. Like, like, oh, apparently they're going to go see Days of Future Past. So here's what they'll probably get real original. (laughs) (laughs) So guys. All right. Well, uh, like I said, this week we are discussing Never Sleep Again, the remarkably long <laughs> uh, documentary on the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series. Oh, I thought it was going to be about World War Two. No. It was four hours. Nope. <laughs> I thought it was going to be about something really so massive and important. Well, well, so no, much valuable information in this amount of time. What is going to be? Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I guess. I guess World War Two. And... At least it's about all of them. Yep. Well, it's not. It's not about the, the reboot. Well, we okay, it was made. Before it was made before that. the reboot. They oh, need a so. sequel now. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> They all have right. to talk about all the other movies in light of the reboot. It'll be just, it'll, it'll just be like some downloadable content that yeah, you can put on like a video game. All right, well, before we get into that, let's get into some trailers. I don't know. Do we do the trailer theme without? I think we should. Sure. Not? Yeah. All trailers. Right. <laughs> I just saw a bunch of trailers. I don't even know why we have Perfect. these recorded. <laughs> Perfect. All right. This first trailer, Left Behind. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Wait, wait, kids. okay, wait. Let me get the thing up. Sorry. Left behind. Yeah, let me. A small group of survivors are left behind. It should just end there. That should be it. But that should be it. After millions of people suddenly vanished, 
<laughs> and oh. the world is plunged into chaos and destruction. So there's no mention of rapture in this. None, script, none whatsoever. Which they would don't... be, which would be like a much weirder movie. If oh, was, absolutely. Like, if there was like no explanation, it was just like everybody vanished. <laughs> a, a large portion of the population vanished. Okay, we don't know why. <laughs> Moving know why. on. Let's figure out what to do since this happened. Uh, this movie stars uh, Leah Thompson, <laughs> whom I I don't know if she's hard up or just under contract. Um, and, of course, the ever-crazy uh, uh, Enter the Critic favorite, <laughs> Nicolas Cage. The one true god, if you will. <laughs> <The> one, yes. <laughs> okay, so if you are unaware of what Left Behind is, uh, a couple of years, um, a couple, like, I don't even know, like, what, 10 years ago? Uh, Chris, try 15. Was it 15 years ago? They came out with a series yeah. of books for uh, young adults, mainly in youth group. Uh, n- correction. There's there's two Left Behind series. I just want to correct right. you on this. So this is what I would cover on Exit Critic. Oh, okay. Uh, right, no, 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 no. This is your form. This is why yeah, we gave you a mic. Uh, the, the Left Behind books are for adults, but there's a Left Behind youth version that I've read oh, some of God. as a... I just remember being in youth group. There are being 16 like, books starting... 16 books? Yeah, you can find in 1995. Them. So we're yeah. talking... Wow. Wow. Yeah, okay. We're talking even further back. You gotta, like... You can find these books at any Goodwill you go to. Nice. Well, not, yeah. in, not all of them in order, but you'll find right. various ones through the series. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um... Yeah, because we, th- we have 16 books since uh, 1995. That, rival- that rivals the Foundation series. <laughs> I have no interest in reading them, but I do have interest in reading the Wikipedia entry for the series and then to there- know the, the guts and glory Okay, of it. this is crazy. Then there's Left Behind Apocalypse. There's four of those like books. Then there's Left Behind End of State. There's three of those books. Then Left Behind The Kids. Is that what you read? Ugh. Yep. And there are 40 of those. Yeah. Those are 40? Yeah. Four zero. Remember, Four zero. Remember how that's how they did series for the kids. Like the Scholastics, like every, oh. every so they months, like, they'd, they'd shoot them out and stuff. So they're shorter, like more like uh They're like, like 100 and... Like goosebumps. Yeah, they're like, yeah. the like us nowadays, like we could just read it in like... One sitting or yeah. something. Right. Okay. So <laughs> this, this is how much material they've cranked out of a section of the Bible... That is mentioned, like, well, there, there's a couple verses dedicated to the rapture. Like, right. not not even a whole book of the Bible is dedicated to the rapture. Yeah, and yet like, these guys have juiced the hell out of it. Yeah. Wow. Chris, the Christian market. It uh, is, yep. Hey, man. It is a powerful machine. Those yes. bookstores got to carry something. Yes. So um, there, there's then there were there were already three movies. Hey, Mr. T's in one of them. Right. Left Behind the movie. That's I have the seen first the first That's Left Kirk Behind Cameron. with Kirk Cameron. And I hear that's good, but that's all, <laughs> the only way I hear that's good is when you look at the comments for this movie, like on the Facebook page, it's like, I won't watch this. The Kirk Cameron one's the perfect masterpiece. Now, let's, like, okay. the difference between uh, the Kirk Cameron ones were specifically made by a Christian like right. film studio. Exactly. This right. is essentially just another studio making a disaster movie out of it, so it's right. not directly a Christian message, but they're yeah. still hugging the Christian market. So Yeah, definitely. They're trying to, they're trying to skirt the line to, to get... St- the, all that good Christian money. <laughs> so well, then there was a Left Behind 2 tri- Tribulation Force and a Left Behind World at War. There is also a Left Behind video game. Yes, I, of, course, which, of course. Eternal Why? Forces. I've, it's had some hilarious reviews about it. Yeah, it's crazy. That's like nuts. I've seen some gameplay footage of it, and it is like 
You're literally single-player campaign. The player controls the Tribulation Force, a Christian group in a post-rapture New York City who are combating the influence of the global community, which is like of course. the head of the Antichrist group or whatever. The player directs the action of the main characters and the Tribulation Force's units in an effort to defeat global community by converting neutral oh. <laughs> civilians to their side. Oh, <laughs> boy. It's, you like, know what this it's like, like Diablo. It's like a like a top down like or like Sims or something, but you're like running around saving people. Are you serious? <laughs> it's amazing. That's ridiculous. Sign it's, me up. It, it sounds like um back way back in the day I had a Nintendo game called Fruits of the Spirit. There you where go. you were running around uh uh very like almost in a, in, in an eight bit version of GTA, but instead of a gun, you just had various fruits. That coincide with different versions of the fruits of the spirit that Paul writes about. Yep, <laughs> and you just huck it at people. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Well, it's like the you know like you've you've seen like the Bible game before, yeah, where there's a Noah's Ark where it's literally oh, yeah. a clone yeah. of Wolfenstein. Yep, exactly. Yes. Yep. And you just shoot sheep with like a slingshot. Yep, That's right. <laughs> it's so, amazing. So this movie, yeah, looks truly awful and it has yeah. nothing to do with any religious implications that no. any of us have. This just looks. Uh, like a horrible disaster film. I mean, we talk about trailers on here, and we talk about like trailers when they like spoil too much of the movie. And like, I hope, I hope for their sake that they spoil that they are like when we talk about a good trailer that spoils nothing. Right. I hope they went that route uh-huh. because what I saw in there, if that was like them showing you like some of their best moments. Then, then it is going to be it's horrible, gonna be especially terrible. for a disaster flick. Like you're talking about, like they're just kind of making a disaster flick with like just the little bit of the, the you know the packaging to try to like you know tap into the Christian culture, um, and and so like if that's the case, like a, a disaster movie. I mean, when you watched Day After Tomorrow, they showed that that pl- like a. A building getting hit, hit with by a, a tidal, tidal wave. wave. Yeah, that's like oh, you see that, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to go see. Yeah, that. yeah, and <laughs> of course it's kind of a letdown. <laughs> but like a good disaster film just shows like a little bit of the insanity, but oh, then yeah. like leaves it at that. Here, like a, if, if 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 you're right, and they went the route where they're showing the best stuff, it's like oh, a plane crash. <laughs> yeah. B- bear in mind, this is an eighteen million dollar budget disaster movie. We're not wait, talking right. right. Yeah. True, true. This what, is true. Where, this point. is true. Where are your there's not going to be many money shots. Yeah. Right, that is exactly. true. Especially because we all know that like five million of that went right to Nicolas Cage. <laughs> for I've been excited for this movie for a while because ever since I heard Nicolas Cage is attached. And oh, of course. Oh, you know, you see tons of Nicolas Cage trailers. And it's like, some of them are just like, they're going to be bad and you're like, it's not going to be worth watching. Right, like that, that, what that witch movie. What was that one? Oh, um, oh, with, um, uh, with uh, Seasons Ron, yeah, yeah, Season of the Witch, witch with Ron Perlman. No, I don't think it's Seasons of the Witch. And that's the Halloween 3 sub- subtext. Uh, oh. I can't, I, oh, I can't remember if I've seen it or which. not. I can't think of it, but that one the theater. That was like actually had a budget and stuff. Yeah, but, but like that looked bad. It looked uh, that looked terrible. The last like Nicolas Cage movie I can uh, think of like Witch Hunter. No, no, Season of the Witch. Yeah, oh, that's what it is. Was it Season of the Witch? Yeah. Although you are right, that is a Halloween with Ron. That is Halloween Holland. Okay, <laughs> that's Halloween uh, three <laughs> as well. Right. Right. Yes. But like this, ha- this trailer has elements of like a Nicolas Cage movie that's gonna be fun to watch. Yes. Like, oh yeah, this seems like it'll be a great time. Actually, the last Nicolas Cage movie I could think of, or like one of his like 
straight to video stuff, which this is probably going to be a VOD release. I don't see this hitting a large theater the, market. Okay, maybe says, a limited release. It'll right, be like two hundred it, theaters. It's right. I, I don't think it had. It's not like going to be like um, uh, God's see, not dead kind of thing where it's going to have like a big thing. This is, I don't know because God's not dead. Like I mean, why? Why? That's is that? a Christian. That's and a how huge is that budget? That's right. That was huge. a two million dollar budget and it made uh sixty million <laughs> exactly to Christian market. Yeah. That's what that's what I'm saying. That's but that's, why, yeah, but that's why they, they might they might this get it out to all theaters. I don't see this like on Nicolas Cage's star power alone. They're gonna do it, I, and I hope they do because as bad as this movie is gonna be, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Because it looks like a does like it just looks like a ninety is it ninety a different minutes? type of disaster. I mean, it looks like a different kind of disaster film. Uh, I'm just trying to see a running time here because I I would I would love it's, if it was. It, like, I don't think they ha- they have stuff like that yet, no, but yeah. it's probably not it's, very long. I, I I would absolutely love it if it was like some three hour office. <laughs> I that would be that too would much be, dedication. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> It'd be like watching a four hour documentary. I'm like. Okay, <laughs> It's like, it would be very similar to that. No, it'd be worse if like, you watched it twice or something like oh, that. Oh, come on. That would be the worst. That would be yeah. the worst. That would yeah. be the absolute well, worst. All right. Who would do that? Well, that uh, left behind uh, two electrical alerts. They it's do have, <laughs> apparently, oh, apparently they do have like a trilogy in mind. Really? Some of the actors are already signed on, except Nicolas Cage's name has not been brought uh, up. Of so. course not. Of course yeah, not. Of course not. He, he, he might, dies, his dies in the first 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm calling it now. Dies in the first 30 minutes. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Next trailer we saw, Willow Creek. Yeah, we had to watch a... Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I forgot I had Come to Come on, you're Matt today. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll talk here. It's quiet. <laughs> 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 All right. From celebrated director Bobcat Goldthwait comes this edge-of-your-seat horror that will make you think twice before going into the woods. Apparently the only name attached to this worth knowing is Bobcat Right, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, Writer very, and much like, it's very much like uh, Blair Witch Project. There are two oh, yeah. people cast in this movie. <laughs> well, that helps the immersion if, like, you don't, if you recognize the person right away, you're just like, well... The immersion is killed a little bit. Yeah, it's, this is a, as you know, Michael mentioned when we were watching it. This is going to be like a found footage film. Yes, which is unique for Bobcat. It, I mean, he's like uh, he's, some, I don't think he's ever done one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not some found footage. Like it's an overdone genre at times, but like this, I wasn't like it turned can, away by this. I was just like, oh, no. it can still be effective if done properly. Yeah. So this uh, this found footage film, from what we can gather by the trailer, is about a, a, a kind of a student. Filmmaker, documentarian, kind of like like amateur document uh, filmmaker, going into the woods with his girlfriend to uh, do a documentary on Bigfoot. Mm. So, right there, you already lost me because I don't think. Well, Bigfoot we watched is scary. we watched that that uh, the one Bigfoot thing, didn't we talk about? We that? we didn't talk about it. Oh, no, we didn't. We watched because it, but we just watched we it and we're like, this is to. dumb. We're not talking yeah, about that. I forget okay. what that movie was called. Yeah, this cares? movie looks better than that. Yeah. Um, but I don't find Bigfoot that scary. I think Bigfoot's kind of cute. I he mean, probably just he's like a big teddy bear. He just needs to be have his belly. Well, stretched. look at it this way. Which if the movie does it right, you're probably not going to really see him, and that's what uh, makes it right. yeah. like Blair Witch. You don't yes. you'll ever see it, and exactly. that's what makes it so scary. Right. Uh. I mean, I saw what was the what was that troll one? Troll hunter, troll hunter. That, that is was great. a fantastic, and movie. that's like a found footage style. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that uh, I think if they go that route, they could still they could still be good, even if they do show him a little bit. That was a more big like, bigger scale, and yeah, that wouldn't bit. work though. Yeah, I did like that a lot though. So I mean, I'm down for a found footage, and and I uh, 
you know, and I I have a place in my heart for Blair Witch because I saw that movie Blair Witch when it came out in theaters and nobody knew anything about it and the internet wasn't big enough to really right, like right. debunk it and I a- ended up thinking it was real for about a week and a half Damn. before I finally happened to see them on like a, the Today show or something and my and my mom was like, "Oh, isn't that movie you t- you were talking about?" and I'm like, uh, my world was shattered. That must have been a cool time to do that. It was it, crazy. No, that yeah, was when, when, the, when the Blair Witch first them. came out. I remember seeing the Blair Witch for the first time uh, at, at my one buddy's house. His older brother had gotten it on VHS. Yeah. Um, and we're watching it. And again, found footage. I mean, like you said, found footage is kind of an uh, overused medium. But at the time, that was oh, like yeah, that's... brand new. No one had ever seen anything like it before. I don't even think it had a name. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think no. The, it the, the, the term found footage was not... Uh, uh, I think used it, it kind of invented the yeah. Yeah. name exactly, and of course, movies that have claimed to be based on reality or were you know actually happened. That's not a n- that was not a new concept, no. but it was the first time where they were saying, "Hey, this is the raw, unedited footage." Of yeah, it just was it? very like unique. Was, yeah, well, they had a good viral like for the back mo- in the day. Viral the- marketing was great because when I got home, I went the only website I could find was their website, right? And it was a memoriam to the people. Yeah, so it was like all yeah. these pictures of them as kids and stuff, and I'm like, "This is terrifying." And like, literally for that week and a half until I, I finally found out that that it was fake. Like, I, I legitimately like had like carried a flashlight like in the house. <laughs> like, I was like terrified to go from my room down the hall to the bathroom. Like, you know, I was like. Okay, okay. You just gotta go. The You're like talking just yourself into like, yeah. we could do this. We could it's do okay, this. It's okay. It's okay. I, we really gotta go. I mean, I, I saw it like a few years ago. Way, like, way past, yeah, like, right. You know, when all, like everyone knew about it and yeah, stuff like that. And even, I still think it holds up really well. I, I mm-hmm. still, like, I would still be terrified watching it. Right. Like, the last five minutes of that movie are absolutely terrifying yeah, to me. Sense. Absolutely. So, with this Willow Creek, it looks pretty much uh, by the numbers what you would expect from a found footage film, which, again, is not necessarily a bad thing. But because we know it's Bobcat, though, then you know it's not just going to be... Right. right. That was about to say. That's the trailer. But yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait, it, as a director, he is known for really skating your expectations. Yeah. Uh, and in a good way. Yeah. Um, I, like, a bunch of us got together to see uh, God Bless America. Right. Uh, which is his what second film I believe second film and yeah. like I saw the trailer for that and I kind of thought the same thing I thought oh cool it's like you know falling down or something just like you know like I'm I'm sick of I'm fed up with the world right, right. and it like was way crazier than I thought way it was. darker too <laughs> it goes places where no movie there, should sometimes. there is there is one shot in specific one shot <laughs> one one scene specifically in God Bless America where I'm like you can't do that in a film right and then he then they like kind of skate around it to where like okay you okay they got away with it and I was like Wow, that's really yeah. <laughs> that's really coming up on the very edge <laughs> of good taste. I bet I bet when they are like uh, the MPA was like rating it, they're like about to give it like a NC seventeen or an X rating or I guess yeah. that'd be NC seventeen now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, obviously not X. But uh, and they're like and they wait another like and fifteen like, seconds and like oh oh, okay. oh I guess we'll let them get away with that. But wow, uh, <laughs> so I I I, I do think that. If if this movie was out on any other like if any other director was doing it, I'd be like, oh, 
well, I don't right. know. Yeah, but we wouldn't being be talking Bobcat, about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm a lo- I'm really excited for it simply because he does amazing work as a director. And if you haven't seen World's Greatest Dad, I yeah. highly recommend you check it out. It's probably Robin Williams, like one of his best roles in years. That's Definitely. one I have not seen yet. I so. oddly you borrow. It's I mean, of course, I'll add you have it on Blu-ray. Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> Uh, I got no, it. I wasn't asking. I got it at a closing blockbuster. But. <laughs> Imagine that. Any any time that there's a closing blockbuster and they see you walk in, they're like, "Oh, thank God!" I, <laughs> oh, thank blockbuster you. saved. Michael's here. Michael's t- here to buy all of this crap. The tax return came out a good time last year when it closed down. <laughs> <laughs> I had I got so many movies from there. Uh, well, we've all been there. At least I have. Oh, I have too. Uh, so, all right. Uh, Willow Creek comes out. Uh, oh, it has a UK release date, but not an American release date. I'm sure we'll get it. At oh, least I'm guaranteed you we'll get it at Netflix. least Netflix. <laughs> we'll yeah, get a VOD gonna... and then it'll come to Netflix. Yep, eventually. Definitely. All right, moving on to our feature presentation. We saw Never Sleep Again: The Elm Street Legacy. Do I need to read something? <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. No, I, I, I didn't know. I couldn't remember if Matt does it for the real one or not. <laughs> yeah, wow, Matt. Who knew Matt would be the linchpin? Here? Yeah. Well, I'm. I don't usually pay attention to what Matt's doing, and vice versa, as evidenced by the times when I've said something, then Matt said it. A, huh? What? Five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. That oh, is. hey. What? I heard that was Bobcat Goldway. Yeah, we already mentioned We already talked about it. Oh, yeah. okay. You were too busy. Oh, didn't he do God Bless America? All right, get out. <laughs> <laughs> you were too busy playing right. on your phone. Explore the origins of dream demon Freddy Krueger in this award-winning documentary that takes you behind the scenes of the most frightening and imaginative horror franchise in motion picture history. This movie stars quite literally... Everyone from every Nightmare on Elm Street film, except, right. except Johnny Depp and Patricia Arquette. Yeah, everybody else came out. Yeah, those guys wanted nothing to do with it. They could have. They, they had things they to do, done, but they could have said one thing. Yeah, come on. They could have skyped. How Anderson. busy? How busy is Johnny Depp right now? He's not. He's done a couple of. He bad was movies. literally putting paint on to do like a pirates film. Probably when yeah, they, when they called him. So yeah, let's see what he was doing. Oh yeah, okay. He was, doing, he was probably working on a pirates film. Yeah, he probably yeah. was doing a pirates movie. That's but right. Patricia Arquette, what was she doing? Nothing. Was medium still in the air? Um, maybe. I don't know. So she was. She was. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean 2011, non-Stranger Tide. So he was probably working on yep, that. Yeah, he was probably yeah, working so. on that. And he's like, I don't have time for this you know, film that made my career. But, I mean, he did a voice in the Lego Pirates of the Caribbean video game. Although they probably just pulled He it. probably dressed yeah. up for it, too, in the <laughs> studio. Uh, uh, Mr. Depp, we don't need you to. No, I need <laughs> to be in character. If, if they did have him in the movie, he would still be dressed up as uh, Jack Sparrow. And yep. during the interview... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this movie launched my career, and look where I am now. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, they had everybody, which yeah. which is fine. I mean, those two. I mean, Trish Arquette, I would have liked to hear her a little bit, but Johnny yeah. Depp was, even though he's in the original, he's still a lesser a lesser character. Right, he's not the main. He's, he's yeah, not the star. Exactly. So. so, um, all right. Well, what did you guys? I mean, I I I think it's safe to say we are all pretty big fans of the Nightmare on the Street series. I know I've seen every one. Right. I um, think we're all like sort of different fans. Well, Parker, um, you you kind of came up with them. You right, grew up like with I them. saw them. I saw them when I was a kid when they were like, like terrifying and like re- like real, and like I thought this was really happening. And I was you know definitely very much alive for the craze that was Freddy Krueger, and like all of my friends and whatever, and those Halloweens where everybody. Like every other kid was a Freddy. Freddy, yeah. 
you know, ripoff. And, like, so, like, you know, I was around for all that. I wouldn't say, like, watching them now, like, you know, I rewatched all of them, like, in preparation for the documentary. And, like, they're they're mostly good. A few of them I, I like still. But I'll say about, there's about three rotten apples in the series, I'd say. But, I can go, I'll go into it later, but but like I but 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 even like I I don't even like love every one like it's just like I like parts of all they're of them. they're all watchable but to I an I still when I watch them remember like the feelings you were scenes, when you were a kid certain scenes and then I'm like oh gosh that's still pretty terrifying. I still say the first one is still terrifying like <laughs> oh, I saw yeah. it when I was a kid and I was just like yeah that that was some. <laughs> Like it's yeah. still effective. Yeah. So th- so like I've always had like a like I've definitely always had like a place in my heart for any of those '80s horror movies because I saw them all when I was a kid and we freaked each other out watching Sleepaway Camp or you know Friday the Thirteenth or whatever. <laughs> Sleepaway Camp was a scary Sleepaway one. Did you ever Camp. see that one? That's so I've seen the one. No, I've the seen first the one ending. is scary. I've seen the ending where it's to a, it. Where the girl and it's yeah, a girl. yeah. Oh it's, god, that's oh, terrifying. That's ter- it's a terrifying. I've only seen the ending now, of granted, it. I didn't see. I didn't see Sleepaway Camp until I was like. And again, 22. I haven't seen it since I was ten. Right, at ten years old, <laughs> that movie would have scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, now I didn't get into uh, Nightmare on Elm Street until way late in the game because my my parents, um, <laughs> some would say they were good parents. Right. I would, I say, would say so. They were a little overprotective. They were like, "Hey, our kid is already uh, has trouble sleeping uh, and is terrified of everything. We're not going to let him watch these." So I didn't get into uh, Nightmare on Elm Street until I was a, like a teenager, um, and I could I was old enough to rent them without right. my parents' permission. And also, you were probably in the in the throes of like, yeah, horror movies. Yeah, I was like, like just, just, hey, here's having... all the movies I was never allowed to right. watch, and probably for good reason. Yeah. Uh, so. But my introduction to Nightmare on Elm Street was the Nightmare on My Street by Yes, uh, yes. What? What is yes. that? You've never heard that? Oh, yes. pull it up. It's amazing. I'll pl- I'll, I'll, I'll splice some of it in. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I don't, love don't, that song. When, and like, oh, is this the song that he sang with? Uh, it's it's uh, Will Smith oh, it's and Will DJ Sp- Jazzy Jeff. Yes, okay. I know that song. You're yeah. Oh my god, I love that I song. I thought this was a movie you were talking sixth, about. Sixth, I, I didn't know the name of it. I just sixth knew that. Sixth grade, somebody... Uh, okay, th- and, and this is how terrified I was just as a little kid. It was like... It wasn't even sick. It was like maybe... What year did it come out? Uh, this say? 1988. 88? 88? Okay. So like... <laughs> That's when it was t- released. By the time it rolled around to my elementary school, I would have been probably like... I wanna, I'm going to guess like third or fourth grade. Like I was like a you know young kid, and they're playing this song mm-hmm. about the. If you haven't heard it, go on YouTube. W- like listen to it. It was it, for the Dream Master. Yeah, That's that doesn't surprise me. It was released <laughs> around then. It wasn't. It wasn't included in the movie, but it was a. It was yeah. th- thought about. Yeah, it it it, it, it is a uh, Will Smith back when he was the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Um and, and DJ still Jazzy had, Jeff still had Jazzy Jeff. This is yep, this is before yep. Jaden and Willow. Right? Were, nope. They weren't even were twinkle. It, <laughs> were thrown into Hollywood and still <laughs> trying to be forced into it to this day. Um, 
And somebody had brought a boombox, like one of those old school ghetto blasters, uh, and a single tape, like a single cassette tape. It was just a single. It had the song on the one side, and then like parents don't just don't understand on the other. I think something like that. Yeah. Um, And they played this on the on the school bus, and I remember thinking, "What the heck is that? That is horrifying." (laughs) They're like, "Oh, it's Freddy Krueger," and I'm like, "I don't want to know what Freddy is." (laughs) And of course they explained it to me. Of and course, I don't think, yeah. I mean, that's... I don't think I slept for a week just hearing about yep. Freddy Krueger, yep. not even seeing the movie. Um, so it, it 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 took me a little while till I was finally introduced to the Nightmare on Home Street series. And when I did get introduced to it, I dove head first. Yeah, I mean it's it's a uh, definitely the the right. It's definitely made for teenage boys. Yep. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Now, when Michael, when did you get into, like, what was your first experience with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, I believe I watched it when I was, like, 10, I think. And I was, like, I think the it was, like, a Saturday. Yeah, the first one. Right. It was, like, a Saturday. And I guess, like, my parents, when back in the day, when you you had HBO and stuff, you'd record the movies on right. TV. Oh, yeah. My parents had, had a VHS tape of record from HBO of Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 2. And nice. I ended up watching the first one with my sister. And I was just, like, terrified. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I don't want to meet the kid yeah. that watches Nightmare on the Street and be like, yeah, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think it was that scary. I was nine. You, you be 10 and then go to bed. And oh, oh that's the about worst. That. Yeah. So. But then the other thing that was good is like, like for you as well, like, like I when I first saw the first one, it was before the Freddy craze. Once the Freddy craze hit. It was it was a little it was a lot less scary than when I, when it was like before that. Whereas for you, that that was like long and since gone. Right. You oh know? yeah. Like his... like people had people would still know who he was, but there was nobody dressing up as him like like every other kid. Like it was when I, you know like when there was like a nine hundred number and stuff. Oh my god. That like that was like a crazy time where it's like he was on television like all the time. Anytime you'd flip it, there up. was a Freddie. Well, yeah, I mean, there, like a, the the Freddie TV show. Was I've out, heard I about remember that. seeing that. Wasn't that, that like a kid show? Well, it was no, it no. was aired in syndication. So like in my area, it was like uh, on Fox forty three or maybe twenty three that we had two Fox affiliates growing up. Um, they would play it at like the most inappropriate time because <laughs> I was watching it, <laughs> and my dad would come downstairs into the TV room and go, "What? What? No! Turn that crap off!" What are you? I'm like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> And that TV show was awful. But yeah, at, at one point, Freddy was just a salesman. They were just using yeah. Freddy to sell kids all kinds of stuff. Like oh, you said, yeah. there was a 1-900 number right. for kids to call. What? It was like a Freddy um, um, contest line. Yeah. Like you would call and for $2 for the first minute, a uh, dollar for each additional minute, you were entered into this thing where it was, it, they claimed it was, it was Robert Englund doing the voice, but it. It was it a sound. It was a sound clip you got of no. It, 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 it them playing it. No, it wasn't even that. It sounded like uh, Jesse Ventura <laughs> was doing the voice, <laughs> and he would be like talking. Like he would ask you trivia questions, and you'd answer them by pressing a button on your phone. And then uh, each week you got entered into a contest. Uh, Imagine here, being here on. We go, here we go. Well, this is so. This is the actual hotline. This is what you were telling me to find.
That's definitely not him. No, it is most definitely not Robert Englund. Well, that <laughs> Jesse Ventura was spot on. <laughs> yeah, it really does sound like Jesse Ventura. So, we, we you know, all three of us have a pretty, uh, <laughs> a pretty uh, rich history <laughs> with uh, yes. with with Nightmare on the Street. So, what did what did you guys think of this ridiculously long documentary? Well, I mean, like, like I watched all the. I once I knew that it was fairly comprehensive, and you were telling me about it because you had already seen it. I did make the endeavor, um, like I didn't watch them with all of my intention, but I did watch through all the movies. Okay. Wow. So I watched over the course of like a week or so. I would watch like a bit of some, and then I'd watch a little bit more, you know, whatever. Or I'd leave it on while I'm doing something. Um, the first one held my attention all the way through. The second one, whatever. So I was, I was moved, going into it. I was like excited because I had already watched them all. Right. And so, f- from that perspective, I really thought this documentary was incredibly interesting. I don't know that I would have found it as interesting had I not just. Hat was fresh in my mind on all ah, of them. okay. Because a lot of the stuff they talked about, like, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, but only because I had just seen You'd it. you just seen it, right. Like, if I hadn't, like, if I hadn't left it where it was, like, I, I've, I th- I'm pretty sure I saw pretty much all of them. Maybe I missed one or two. I can't remember, like, growing up. But, like, a lot of them I hadn't seen since I was, like, eight or nine or ten. Right. So, like, I, I wouldn't have remembered nearly as much as I would have. So I think I would have found it a little bit less like, like I, I think I would have watched up into the first movie. Because uh, the first movie I knew pretty well. Right, right. And I probably would have watched that and I would have skipped to the stuff on New Nightmare. But other than that, I probably wouldn't have like, I probably would have zoned out a lot because like I wouldn't have been like following them really. Mm-hmm, yeah. But 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 because I was like fresh in my mind on what the movies, like the movies, I was like, Hook, line, and sinker. I watched all four hours, and I was interested the whole time, which I didn't think was going to happen. I did watch it in two sittings, but well, that's you know. understandable. <laughs> I um, I watched it as two separate movies. It's <laughs> it's yeah, it's hard to tackle down. So um, that that that's that's pretty interesting because I went from the opposite end where I watched it uh once through. Now I had, I have seen all the the right. nightmare films, but a lot of them I hadn't seen in like ten years. Right. Um. So I'm watching the documentary, and of course the first one's holding my interest entirely because I've yeah. seen that multiple times. Then they get to the second one, and I'm like, I've blanked most of this out right. of my memory. So I'm watching it, and I'm still very interested, but I'm like, I don't remember most of this plot. And then it gets to Dream Warriors. I'm like, all right, I love Dream Warriors. It's a really great one. So like, as they're going through, going and I also and watched it in multiple segments, right. which you can easily do. You can easily... Yeah. Like, just as soon as they're done talking about a movie, just stop. Stop. It. Yep, yeah, go do something else. Yeah, or there's like a, a there's like two. a little like animation in between each segment. Yeah, so they, they are very nicely sectioned off. And I think Michael made the best point earlier. He said that it was like sort of like a compilation of like DVD special features. But so I don't you, think you there are of, too many special features. That's what I, one of the right. things I appreciated about it. I I mean I I don't know how many different Nightmare on Elm Street box sets there are that out that are out there right, right. now. There's a bunch. Yeah, but I don't know that. Too many of them have a comprehensive. Yeah, the nice thing about this of. is that yeah. this one was yeah, this one was just it is was, a retrospective right. of the whole series, and it's and it's all forward. done with all of it in mind, and it's all recorded at once, so like film, yeah. filmed at once. Yeah, so you don't get like oh, well, when they recorded Wes Anderson talking about this movie, he was like 
in like an argument with New Line about something, and then it would have been like annoying, and you would have right, had other right. politics involved. Whereas this is like everything's filmed at once. Wait, Everybody's already there. Y- you, know? you said Wes Anderson. Wes, Wes Craven. Wes Craven. <laughs> I wasn't going to point. I wanted to know how long he'd yeah, go see, continue to say it was Wes. Yeah. <laughs> no, Michael's on top of that shit. <laughs> but you know, like you would, you would, you might have like that when it comes to special features because you'd be oh, like, oh, absolutely. Or if, or if a movie's not as popular, you know, what I mean, like, like, uh, like, like Nightmare Two or like one of the other ones that uh, the Dream Child that are a little bit like floppy ish, right. like that, considered. Like if if one of those like the special features would be like nothing terrible <laughs> or or it would be absolutely uh, horrible. I have to see what the I'm, I know there was like a big box set on DVD back in like early days of like DVD and right. I have to see what the see how, if there was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they probably did have a good amount. Like I mean I don't know the the DVDs I have is just like the special features are trailer right or or like those or bi- bios. <laughs> yeah, that was always great. It was like. Click on it, and it was just like a still a picture image, and like some information about Robert England. You're like, great. Well, how, no, that, why would I want the this? days before Wikipedia, kids? <laughs> um, so I sat and I watched. So a- after I watched this whole thing, it took me like I, I did it in two sittings. Um, I went back and watched a bunch of the movies that I hadn't seen in a long time. So I watched. Uh, I skipped the second one, Freddy's Revenge, because I was like, oh, second yeah. one. I'll get into that then, but I, they, they, this, the movie, this documentary made me appreciate the second one. Oh, movie. absolutely, go, oh, a lot yeah. more. I'll go. Yeah. It's, it's still not a good movie, but I'll explain. Like, oh no, no, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. So I went back and I watched Dream Warriors, uh, Dream Master, because I completely Dream Master is actually pretty decent. I, I remember not caring for it the first time I watched it, and then after this documentary, I'm like, I was very wrong. <laughs> It's um, actually pretty. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty, pretty good. cool movie. Um, and then I I watched uh, Dream Child. Oh boy, oh. that's. Ouch. I mean, it started going full band second one, but fifth one, Dream Child, which they go into then about the issues with that movie. Uh, the movie's got so many problems. Yeah. Uh, um, and then I, I I totally skipped Freddy's Dead. Freddy hated Freddy's Dead. It is by far the worst one oh, in the it's series. Awful. It's it's so it silly. is so bad. Well, the best part too is I you know I, I rewatched Freddy's Dead, and then. For before watching the documentary, and like I don't think I saw Freddy's Dead the first time, so I was watching it and I'm just like, oh, whatever. And then afterwards, during the documentary, they reveal that it was like 3D movie. The last ten yep. minutes are I, 3D, and I was like, oh, because like there were some moments that I was like, that's awkward. Like, why would she like, hold the mace like that directly <laughs> at the camera? That doesn't make any sense. I so laughed funny. so hard during the last ten minutes because I knew that's the only part of the movie that's 3D. And also, when she goes in the dream sequence, she's holding 3D glasses. Yes, that's. No That's supposed to be the cue and, to the audience, and then all those effects just like Freddy's oh, head. Yeah. Everybody's like, "Wow, this those is like those like weird demons." This looks. Blood. I'm like, this looks so shitty now, but this yeah. is, this was that was there to sell tickets back in the day. Yep. But so so then I went after I watched those. I I I guess I had a lot of time on my hands. I went back and rewatched <laughs> the documentary again. Nice. Um. To see if you know, uh, so to see if I missed anything. You or should. You anything. should get the DVD of this because there's probably. I think there's more footage of bonus features <laughs> on the documentary. Oh my Not- god, that's a great. That's great. <laughs> that's great. I think it's on like sale on for like four Blu-ray discs. <laughs> I might have to. I, you know what? That's a great idea. You could, probably, you could probably just get away with getting the DVD. I don't think you need them Blu-ray quality. No, 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 no that way, that way there's less. That way there's less discs. I don't um, think. It'll, oh, I guess, yeah. I guess it would be at least two discs. Um. So. If you are a a 
fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, I would say this documentary is a must. Yeah. Um, because they really go into it. And like Parker said, because it was filmed all at once, there's this really nice cohesiveness between the segments yeah. where they'll they'll mention uh, people from previous films and you have, you have Wes Craven's whole thought. Like, he's very candid on, like, I thought this yeah. was crap. I thought all this was terrible. I didn't want anything to do with this. Um, yeah, like enough time had passed that like he could say that stuff and then not really feel like he was hurting Bob right, Shea's like right. feelings. Or oh something. yeah, and Bob Shea is they now had... a multi-millionaire because yeah, of right. this series. Like oh, Bob yeah. Shea can anytime that Bob Shea was like, "Well, I wish it would have done a little." Like, screw you, Bob Shea. <laughs> I'd kill for like a third of your success. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Bob Shea, you, he really comes off as kind of like a, a little bit of a whiner. I could see why they didn't get along for many years. Oh, yeah. oh no, yeah, I totally so, absolutely. I'm sure he's even weird when they probably like maybe like sh- like met up during when filling documentary. Just like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's water in the bridge now, but it's still oh, well, a little I mean, weird. Both, both of them are like now super successful. Yeah. yeah. So, but at the time, I mean, I can understand Wes Craven being pissed because he, you know, he was very much the auteur director right. at that time. He really had a something to say uh, and he was becoming known as like the master of horror and then bob shea literally mortgaged his entire life to right. make the first one like if that the first one didn't succeed bob shea would be homeless yeah i yeah. i understand like both sides because like one this is a huge risk for a studio to take oh heck and, yeah it was uh I mean, Wes Craven sold the rights to the character just to make the film, yep, and right. that's why he, he was that that's where some of the disagreement came with. Because obviously, Wes Craven's right. mind, this was a standalone movie, and obviously, when you sell something like this, you sell rights to a yeah. studio. They're not into they're not into having rights to something that's a standalone <laughs> series. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they want they want to milk this thing for all it's worth. And the documentary really shows that the entire series as a whole has more quality. Than, than, than not you know what I mean like if if you go down the line I mean the first one's amazing it's a classic it, it's it's a must-see the second one is not a great movie but it's, once you learn about it where it's coming from it's not as bad as you might think it's not yeah it's it's a unique sequel like I I can't imagine back in the day just uh making a movie like that because I hate it as a kid like watching because oh, I'm like yeah, the yeah. plot is like so outlandish but it is right. it does have a really good effect like there's still cool things like when he the, the effect oh, of him yeah. coming at Freddy coming out of the kid's body is yeah. cool yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Very cool. but the undertones of the movie which I've known for a while I'm glad it was confirmed which they they're completely honest about the guy's intention with that movie so if you've if you've uh, seen it at all you <laughs> like even when I watch I'm like huh there's a lot of um, homosexual uh, overtones to this film. This film has kind of a very gay plot line. Um, and when they interviewed the director and, and everybody involved with it, they were like, we, <laughs> did, we didn't know. We had no idea. We had no Which idea. It's such a this, weird thing such a weird to thing say. To say. And then you get to the writer, and the writer's like, how could they not have known? <laughs> yes, it was supposed to be subtext. It was supposed to be kind of weaved in there. And the each... Well, he even said, like, but the writer even said that, like, it was supposed to be subtext, but then he even was like, yeah, this is getting heavier than even I was writing Right, it. right. Like, so when they actually executed it, it ended up being even, like, more over the top than he was, than he like, prepared he was, for, right. he was doing it as, like, a sub thing, and, like, the, the, the main actor was like, wow. 
what? Like, yeah. The main I, actor uh, came out as openly, gay. Right. Yeah, he was gay too. Yeah, he, he was, was already gay. openly gay when he took the part. And so he thought, oh, this is great. Yeah, he, he was like, oh, this was great. <laughs> Robert England was totally into it because said he, you know, especially in the, the, the um, documentary, it explains that, like, you know, it, it, it was the 80s. Uh, a lot of people were coming out, and being being uh, gay at that time was really scary because the AIDS uh, you know epidemic yeah. was just beginning. Um, and he said, like, that's perfect for Freddie because how 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 scary right. would it be for a young man to start grappling with his sexual identity? Like, that's perfect for Freddie. And then everybody else was just like, yeah, we didn't know. <laughs> we just thought we were rolling with him. Like, really? The 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 uh, the the. The guy at the fetish bar getting whipped to death with towels as he's tied up? You didn't, you didn't think about that? <laughs> the the coolest thing I learned about that is that Rob, they start filming it without Robert Engel. Like, they had a con, there's yeah, like a disagreement. That's crazy. And that's they started nuts. filming with another actor, and that's why he looks like, like, he's he's only in the dark for, like, the beginning of the movie, like, starting, and he looks like, like, you can kind of tell, like, it's like, they, well, they knew, like, you can't just. No, like no. you can't just put a guy in a mask and That's, emulate this. That that is one thing that I really, really love about this uh, documentary. Is it really shows that, like Robert England takes the character of Freddy so seriously, and you would think a, a character like Freddy Krueger would just be like, whatever, it's a paycheck. Not for Robert England. Like he really <laughs> to the point where, like you said, they tried to get another actor to put like, oh, it's just a guy in a mask. Who cares? And then like. After all, I forget how many weeks of filming. Like, get Robert England. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah, do they didn't film too long, but it would have been like if they would have had someone doing his like the oh, voice. Yeah. Like, oh, it would have been awful. Absolutely. Um. So the second one really, <laughs> really is interesting, just from a yeah, almost you- a film history standpoint, because it was pretty back in the eighties. I'd say it was pretty ballsy to have a film with that much uh, homosexual uh, subtext. Like, not many films were touching on that subject at all. Right, right. Um, and for this movie to really kind of take take a risk, and then for the director uh, and, and act- to uh, actors to, like, <laughs> not only not know about it, but then to make the decisions they made. Right. Oh, and also, I, I love all of Clue Gulliger's uh, oh, stuff in great. that. He, just, he talks about how he's so upset that he didn't get a blowjob on the set. <laughs> <laughs> and like He was great. Yeah, he was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Um, the 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 best though is what's his name recounting uh, that scene where he's dancing. <laughs> oh, oh, dance. my god, oh my god! Oh my god! That scene. Uh, you, there's probably about, a clip on YouTube of that just that yeah. dance. Oh my god! Yeah, so just, just go just go on YouTube and type in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two dance. It's all you need to do. Yeah. It'll be there. And, and, and he horrible. said they said that like you know they were kind of playing off risky business had already come out and they were kind of like oh that was a successful moment. Yep. Like let's try to recapture that, <laughs> and then it just was like it's so awkward. They said that they said they kept putting it off, and then finally they they filmed it, and they said that everybody on the set was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, like, they didn't they didn't foresee it going that way. No, no. The guy said later on he would like go to gay bars, and they would yeah. find out he was there, and they'd put it up on like the big. Well, you know, it, they, would just, they would just play it in gay bars, like on and of itself, <laughs> like just to get everybody excited and into dancing. Like it oh. was so, it's such an uh, an amazing choreographed. Oh, it's all it's it's awful, but you can't. It's just bizarre. see that's what I say. Even in, in some of the bad movies, there's like yeah. moments like you yep. you can't forget. Yeah. Um. Then they move on to, of course, Dream Warriors. Which, Hell yeah! You know what? That movie rocks. That movie. Kicks ass. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, it is one of 
Lawrence Fishburne's first roles. Dude, he's Larry great. Fishburne. <laughs> um, well, he was in Apocalypse. Now. He was in Apocalypse yeah. now, but I'm like, but he, he, he it's an he, early film. He, yeah. It was definitely an early. He was not Lawrence Fishburne at that time. <laughs> um, they brought back Heather Landingcamp. I think it was Patricia Arquette's first film. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, they said that. And Wes Craven wrote it. Yeah. So it was. It was. You know. Well, Wes really Craven. Solid. No, Wes Craven wrote it. Like half wrote it. Well, yeah, he wrote like a treatment. I don't right. think he wrote a full draft of the script. Yeah, like he wrote it, and then and then somebody made it because they talked about how Wes Craven's version was extremely, extremely dark. dark. Yeah, to the, the, the point where they showed like a, a like. Like they showed a bit of a script, like yeah. in passing, and it was like he said something about like I'm gonna shit on your soul or something. You're like, holy shit! Yeah, it, it was, was really. It dark. was still with before really they dark. they toned Freddie into like a right the comedic like. Whoa, like, whoa, well, yeah, and like Wes then. Craven never really wanted him to get that comedic. Like he he always had him an idea that he would be like somewhat like joking around, but like not to the extent that Robert England took it yeah. and and all the other directors, right. you know, along the way. And which I think is, I think was a good. I think that was the way to do it. Really, I mean, we have like there, there are so many other horror. Well, they talked about all the other ones coming out then, and it's like they none of them even talk. Yeah, you have yeah. Jason and Michael Myers, and they're just like standing there and just. Mm. Yeah, they're not doing anything. Yeah, uh, I think Hellraiser had come out at that point. That yeah, um, that was like eighty seven, I guess. Yeah, eighty seven. But by the time Dream Warriors had yeah. come out, so like you had you had a Hellraiser where you know you had the Cenobites. Where they barely talk, and when they do, there's no inflection at all. So yeah, to see to see a uh, horror villain who is a little campy, but is also still really scary. I mean, there's some really really good kills in uh, Dream Warriors. He steps it up. Yeah. Oh, definitely. absolutely. I mean, that's definitely where you could see Wes Craven's influence of the writing. Because like some of those deaths and oh they were stuff nuts, are like, especially the uh, the the vein marionette <sighs> scene where he rips his veins out and uses. Them I think that strings. was probably one of my my favorite kills. Oh, in the and, movie. and that's it's like the, one of the earlier. I think that's the first kill. Yeah, mm, is it? I, I, I can't it remember. Be. Yeah, because it would. It's still like it still looks like a suicide to the right. Yeah, they, they still believe him. Yeah. yeah. Um. So and of course that has and one of course yeah right that 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 perfect line. When he when he has that well in the girl and the team goes welcome to prime time bitch, <laughs> uh, which and is I, like I didn't realize that was um um that was not scripted. Right, he just did that off that's the cuff. The, that's what's so great about Robert England with this part. But like, but that's uh, I feel like that's like you can't you can't, you can't, it can't be the the icon the the horror icon that he is without. That kind of just like that's a silly line. That's so amazing, but it works so well because Robert yeah. England really sells it. <laughs> um, but you can't you can't have the stoic like that line. If if Pinhead would have said that line, right? It, it would have been stupid. Right? It would have been like Hellraiser Four. It would have right? been it would have been camp. But instead, for, like Nightmare on Elm Street, ne- like for some reason, which is hard to believe, it never came across as campy, even though he's being like funny, right? Whereas like night like Friday the Thirteenth or Friday the, yeah Friday the Thirteenth is like that's like like a lot of those are super campy and they're not trying to be funny yeah they're trying to be like, super serious especially, yeah. especially the, the 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 main bad guy he's not being funny at all yeah like, he's, he's, he's not just even walking around and, and stabbing people and yet somehow it's like the campiest thing ever and then you watch Nightmare on Elm Street and like 
where you know some of the effects might be a little silly watching them now because yeah. you know they're a little dated. Some of them but are a little like dated. that. Like it doesn't yeah. ever come across as like campy. It just comes across as like like borderline psychologically terrifying. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. he's having fun with this. Why is this, why is he laughing? Well, Robert England did, and I and I love the part where he says it. he's like, I never, I never wanted anyone to. Feel bad for him, right? Feel yeah, bad for him. Yeah. And then he goes, Freddie likes his work. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's he's, so that's such a good line. He's, he's a scary person. Oh, absolutely he is. <laughs> I've seen Robert England in things where he is not Freddie. Like he's playing a so hard character, to... and it doesn't always work. Which is amazing, because he's in so much makeup that you'd think that you'd be able to separate it. Right, but no, right. No, you, you just can't. can't. But then, of course, like you know, we, 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 we have the, uh, the Dream Master, which... Should not have been good. And I really like how they get into it with the documentary about how, like, hey, uh, it was during a writer's strike and we had no script and we had no clue. A, fir- a first-time uh, Finnish director or Norwegian? I think he was Finnish. I can't remember. Fin- uh, uh, a, uh, Finnish. No, Norwegian. Was he Norwegian? Norwegian. Okay. Yeah, one of, the, one, of those, one of those countries up there. <laughs> um, and he was, a, like, uh, not, a, not a very first-time, but a very young director. Like, I think he had done one Rennie, movie. A Finnish, yeah, Rennie. Yeah. Um, and it, but but then he went on to Ray Harlan, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah he went yeah, on to do Die Hard too. Yeah, he's a big dr- yeah cliffhanger. cliffhanger. We talked yep. about the yep. Re- yep. Randy Harlan has some fun stuff. And yes. Deep Blue Sea. Oh, Deep Blue <laughs> yes. Sea. Yes. <laughs> See, Randy Harlan has some good and oh, bad yeah, in him. No. Um. So Dream Master is one of those movies. Wow. It should be terrible. Harlan's should... movies, as a total, has have earned half a billion dollars. Just his movies that he's made. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. I believe that. Um, so, yeah, it should be terrible, but it's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. I love that movie. Um, it holds up really well. I actually just rewatched it. Uh, it's very probably recently. the less good one in the series before uh, New yeah, Nightmare. Yeah, that's too. when everything kind of takes a dive with Dream Child. Dr- Dream Child, which they, they, I think they mentioned uh, the, the social issue in uh, Dream Child, which is not so subtle about abortion. Yes. Yeah. 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 Where they really, really ramp that up, and it's not subtle at all. Right. Um, I hate that movie. It's, it's, but it, but it's it, not even, fun to watch. Even it with the, the, the social commentary, you know, ham-fistedly handled poorly, even that aside, the movie is just bad. It's right? not that inter- it's, it's not that entertaining. I can't think of too many, like, moments from it. Like. They, try, they tried, because uh, in, in, especially in, in Dream Master, they tried to make Freddy a lot scarier. They tried to take him back into a lot of scarier moments. Right. And then in Dream Child, it just falls apart. Yeah. I believe um, they start uh, going more into his origins as well. Yep, right. Yep. That's the Dream only Child. good part of Dream Child, is they kind of delve into They're his like, backstory. They're like, well, right. t- getting along in the series, time <laughs> Which, to start. Going like, back, what, like that, it, like I did, I must have either missed uh, the, like missed it when I was younger watching Dream Warriors, um, and they mention like his, like mention his backstory. Yeah, they do. And then, and then later, now you go into it. Like I never, I don't think I ever saw whichever one where they kind of, you know, Dream Child. I don't think I saw that all the way through. I- isn't that the one Dream Child? I think that's where they you find out where his, his mom was like raped by the <laughs> right. Well, the, no, that's in Dream. Uh, that's wait. in Dream Warriors. Oh, that is okay. Because they he well, talks they to, that's right. To, yeah, yeah. He talks to yeah, that, they, who, they, who turns out to be Amanda Krueger. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about. Sorry, I got I got mixed up. But you know, so when you hear that your backstory, you're like, <laughs> that is a ridiculous backstory. Yes, yes, and it so is. horribly terrifying. 
the idea that like she gets locked in to an insane asylum like this nun where where, where then, these like, guys are just roaming they, free and then apparently like over the holidays they lock it up and everybody all the security guards just go to their families to have like yep. their holidays yep. <laughs> and so like they're just like oh well they'll figure it out <laughs> just leave them leave them on their own for the entire <laughs> and then of course this woman who's got locked in there is just passed around. Ugh, <laughs> just the war- the, that's just that's like re- that's like Serbian film level, right? That's like a- horrific. Yeah, <laughs> but then like they handled it in such a way that like I don't know. It just it just didn't it just didn't work. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, the scene with the in the in the asylum is terrifying. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh like, yeah. I can only imagine how, how. And then there's and then you you notice Robert England in there, which yep. makes it all the more yep. terrifying. <laughs> you're like, oh, there he is. <laughs> uh, and of course, that fa- you know falls right into Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare. Can I <laughs> which, fuck this movie? This movie. This movie <laughs> is the. Worst. I finally. Wa- I think I watched it for the first time like last year because I had the. Like one of the DVD sets, and I, I've always held off on watching it for some reason. And that was at the point when I thought the second one was still the worst movie. And right. I watched Freddy's Dead. I'm like, that's nope. how they're going to end the series. Uh-huh. Like, it's so <laughs> shitty. It is. It is fucking bullshit. And that, they bring out a lot of. Oh, what are you kidding? <laughs> they bring out a lot of people to do cameos, like big names for the times. This, so this was '91. So you had, uh, you know, Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr. They oh, both do hilarious. a uh, cameo. But they even got like, like. It's frustrating that they got Johnny Depp back just for that moment. Yeah, just for that one moment and, where he gets... But he already had that commercial. Yeah. So, like, all <laughs> he, he shot yeah. was just faking getting hit with a frying, frying pan. Because they already had the commercial footage of him going, this is your brain, this is your brain. Yeah. <laughs> that was already a commercial. Ugh. And they get Yafet Koto, who, if, <laughs> if you don't know Yafet Koto, you should know. He's an amazing yeah. actor. He's been in a lot of good movies, including Alien... Um, oh, Running Man! I can't believe, for, and of course, Live and Let Die. Uh, both those movies are phenomenal. Um, so they get Yavakoto, who is an amazing actor, and he does barely anything. Yeah. His name, his character doesn't even have a name. His, his character <laughs> is is literally just like also like this weird, like no, like he he'll he'll save everything because he knows all this information that he has no business knowing, just yep. about dreams, and he's like everything's like, oh, you know about. You know, you could always fight against dreams, and he knows all this dream stuff about, like, there's there's a dream, and then you can. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, it's, this movie's <laughs> a mess. Is, there's nonsense. nothing redeeming about it, like no. at right, all. Like, right. at least I could say, like, okay, second one, inter- they, they there's interesting ideas pushing. Even the fifth one, okay, they're trying to. There's some interesting things. The yeah. sixth one just. It's just like <laughs> so bad. let's just let's just kill the let's just cover the head of this series now yep. and just. Get it over and of with. course, the end of the movie, and I can only imagine how confusing this would have been to theater goers back in '91. So, a lot of people don't know this because I've been talking to people about it. And they're like, "Really? This this was a thing?" So, 3D movies are not new. We've had 3D movies as far back as the '50s. Oh yeah, yep. exactly. Uh, but you'd be surprised. A lot of people I talked to are like, "Really? I had no idea." Um, yes. I, th- I mean, there's that there's that famous picture 
of all a black and white picture of everybody in a theater with three glasses. How is people not? Seeing I, I that don't. Picture? I don't. I don't know. They're the, all watching. Uh, I thought the it was common. I thought it was common. The difference between too. the the 3D movies back in the day, obviously the quality of them, but right. like back in the day, 3D movies they weren't for the whole movie. Like nowadays, we we go, we sit watch a movie, and we have 3D glasses on. And right. I mean, some some were. I mean, you had you had like the Western uh, Hondo. That yeah. was always in, you know the whole thing was in 3D. Um, but 3D had a resurgency. In the late '80s, early '90s, where it yep. came back, Jaws Very 3D, Got Jaws 3D, which is terrible, <laughs> horrible film. Uh, worth it just to see Dennis Quaid uh, try to act in it. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> um, you had 3D on like, uh, like I think was it NBC or ABC was doing a 3D thing where they had like the Drew Carey show in yeah, 3D. They had, that yeah. was well, that's not yeah, in 3D. Yeah. Um, and so they yeah, decided there'd be, like, there'd be like glasses and like. Like, uh, like a certain product. Or, oh, yeah, TV Guide. Yeah. <laughs> um, you buy Doritos, you get... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they tried it in uh, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. The problem is they couldn't afford to get the camera for the whole movie because the camera back then was about a million dollars and it was the size of a kitchen table. Um, you can't film with that. That's... No, it... It's very cumbersome. It was very hard to work with. So they only got it for certain scenes, and they decided when they go into the dream sequence, that will be when uh, it will go to 3D. That's where we'll blow the budget. Well, the prob- <laughs> Oh, yeah. The problem was nobody knew. The audience didn't know when to put on the 3D glasses. And when I watched it, it was the 3D version. It, you know, like The box that I watched on the first time actually had. 3D glasses in it. Wow. Which doesn't work for me because I'm colorblind. Yeah. So 3D, that, back then, that right, type of that 3D. Right, because that was just red, uh, blue, blue red. Blue red. Yeah. It was simpler times. It yeah. was simpler times. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't work at all for me. Uh, like, I mean, you can play you can play Minecraft like that. Like, there's a, yeah, there's there's a, a, setting, there's a setting where you can yeah. turn it on for that, like, fake 3D. Um. So nobody knew when to put it on. So uh, there's actually footage in this document uh, not, <laughs> of them, uh, of them like... Telling the audience, when she puts on the glasses, that's when you put on the glasses. I'm like, what an awful way to watch a movie. What, what a, no, the fact that there's like, hey, let's have this character just hold 3D glasses for no fucking reason. Yeah, and that will be the cue. That will be the cue. That will be the cue. That's almost as bad as when they made the first Dune movie. And uh, they cut out about an hour's worth of footage. They actually, when people would show up to the movie, they actually had a three by five card they gave out to people before the film <laughs> that the, had filled the blanks, the fill in the blanks of what <laughs> all the things meant. Are you shitting? Are you no, serious? <laughs> because David Lean couldn't figure out how to do it right um, without it being like a four hour epic. They handed out these little three by five cards, going, oh, "Okay, this is God. what a mentat is. This is what." Uh, the 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 Benny Jesuits are. This is what the Quizak Hatarak is. Here's what a Gam Jabbar is, and it's all this. You're stuff. gonna need to know this. You're gonna do need you're to know studying. this. Yeah, so we almost have to do homework before the film. <laughs> That's like that where you have people going up and announcing, like, "Listen, listen, before the movie starts, you need to know something." That's an awful way to watch uh, a film. Yeah. So, I mean, no wonder this film. Towards the end, there's going to be this climactic dream scene. And this one character, now I know it's a horror movie and you want it, You don't want to know who lives and who dies. But, but this one character totally lives yeah. till like just about the end. Hey, when the screen looks hard to see, <laughs> put this glasses on, will you? Oh, yeah. Oh, that so, was great. Yeah, so then there was that one. There was that one. 
Um, and then, of course, like we all. I mean, fought. when was when like, and then when was New Nightmare? Ninety four. So three years. Three, which which <laughs> nowadays does not sound like a long time, but again, back then you did not have sequels. Sequels were almost a yearly thing. I mean, we were getting a new uh, Friday the Thirteenth almost every other. Wait, year. Wait, yeah, we, yeah, you went from what eighty eighty four is the first one. You went from eighty four to what ninety one for that for six movies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. That's, that's crazy. insane. Yeah, yeah. That's so insane. the yeah. at one point there was a a a, uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street, and then later that same year, that's what another. I Nightmare can't imagine that nowadays. Where it's like, oh shit, this movie, the money in the box is okay. Uh, so I'm gonna write a script. Uh, get some actors. We got thirty so, days to film. We got we'll thirty days off. to film. <laughs> Let's get this show on the road. So three years later, which is an unprecedented amount of time, they get back. Uh, and I, and I think they talk about it in the, in in in, in uh, uh, Never Sleep Again, where um, Bob Shea was listening to some interview of Wes Craven right. saying that he didn't didn't get the movie that he wanted. He didn't get the right well, rap. He, he was saying that he didn't get a fair shake. Like, right. He was saying that 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 they ended up taking this and going so ridiculous and making so much money that he yeah. felt a little bit right, a little cheated. Know. So to Bob Shea's credit, he did like. Contact me like fine. You, you want a fair shake? We'll give you. We'll give you another shot. Well, not only that, but he gave him like a cut of a bunch of merchandising yeah, yeah. money. Like he like gave him all this backed up money that he like was like, if you would have been, you know, the if you would have had these options in your contract, we you know we then we owe you whatever this probably. much money. Yeah, so many <laughs> which, millions of dollars. Which means that that it didn't even, wasn't even a drop in the bucket for Bob Shea. Oh you no, know? like no. there's no way he gave him like. A, an amount of money that hurt. Right, there's right. no way. <laughs> but but it's still it's still it's still, co- nice. it's still cool that he did that. <laughs> and then Wes Craven goes on to make, in in my opinion, one of the better films of this series, and probably one of the better films of his career. I can't. Dis- I have trouble deciding between New Nightmare and the first film. Right. It's actually the two movies in the series I always show people are. The first one and New Nightmare because you don't you can just go into it like it's so it's so unique like for that time like it's just oh Oh, it's such a good movie this is the precursor to Scream definitely if New Nightmare would not have happened I don't think we would have gotten Scream um not to get um Uh, no no drop it on me okay Mike Mike, I recently uh, last month I got a Scream box set and it came with for ten bucks off Amazon and it came with these two documentary films and. Scream had nothing to do with Wes Craven's start. It was a, his own writer at first, and oh. Wes Craven went nothing to do with it at first. It's a very interesting... I'll, I'll let you borrow it, because it's, it's like yeah, a nine-minute yeah, yeah. documentary on... So what? Then eventually he finally was like, okay, I'll write this. Uh, like, well, no, no, he, he just directed it. No, he didn't direct... He dr- only directed it. Yeah. I thought he wrote he didn't, it. No, it was his writer, and the writer himself even wrote this treatment for the sequel after the like for the movie as well and stuff, and there's a lot of cool stuff about it, but that's, oh, that's, that's another time. Interesting. Um, but yeah, that's what I thought too for a long time because that's a meta, very meta very, film oh, yeah, as well. But absolutely. Now, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this is the earliest film that I'm aware of of being super meta, where the film takes place in the real world, right? Um, where and, and again, if you have not seen New Nightmare, you really ought to see it. You don't. All you have to see is the first Nightmare on Elm Street, and then you, you have to know right. who Freddy is, and then that will yeah. Well, I mean, because we, I, I, I've shown New Nightmare to some people who, I don't know why they wanted to see it, but we had a bunch of guys over and they're like, hey, uh, instead of watching the first Nightmare on Elm Street, let's watch New Nightmare instead. I'm like, well, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense, but let's roll with it. Um, you have to have some kind of sort of appreciation for yeah, the series. Yeah, definitely. 
And so the whole idea is they're making another, like the, in, in the movie, they're making another Nightmare on Elm Street, and all this crazy stuff starts happening on screen. Heather Landcamp plays herself, an actress, and then Freddy comes into the real world. And it's a, like it's so, so dark and so scary. Like, Freddy is creepy. This is creepiest, in my it's opinion. It's his scary, like, his yeah. hand, his. His claw is not a glove. It's infused yeah, into it's his infused hand. it's infused into his hand. Um, and just some of the scenes that go on the with The opening this... scene that movie, I remember watching on TV, like on TNT for Lane Horror, and that scene would just... With the hand. Oh, yep. my yep. God. It's so scary. The movie, is, it's like a nice slow burn for, it like... Is. It, it is. It takes yeah. a while before you actually see him, man. Like, and then it, it also has, like, one of the best, like... I mean, I feel like the best horror movies have a child in it. And yep. this is one of the best kids. Oh, that kid! Oh, that's that kid like, ever great. been in a horror movie. Like, a kid I mean, can ruin a film, but he just yeah, he does, like, this kid doesn't. This kid looks like he is possessed by Freddy. <laughs> yes. And like just some of the scenes he's in, and but he's perfect too because he's like he's like the perfect age because he's like very young. Yep. But he's old. He's old enough to be able to like talk and do all the stuff he's supposed to do acting wise. But like, but he's so small. And like young, and like oh, when he like climbs up to the top of the thing, that's so uh, terrifying. Yep, yep, yep. When he try, when he's trying to see if God will take oh, him. That line when he falls out. Oh my he God. falls off, and he's like, "God wouldn't take me." It's like, oh <laughs> man, this movie's dark. Um, and I love, I love when they interviewed uh, Robert England, and he he goes to Wes Craven and says, "Listen, I can scare the biggest guy on this set. You want me to turn it up for this kid? Because I'll turn it up." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." Go oh my God, I can't. And I love when they interviewed that kid, and he's like, yeah, right now, uh, as an adult, I appreciate that what he did as an actor. But as a kid, I did not appreciate it. You can see there's like, a scene where it's like, oh, that's true terror. Well, that's yeah, I mean, like. He's the, not acting there. He's running around on a gigantic set that's like. Just, All industrial sewer just, complex, kind of, yeah. Well, no, that one's the one with the, that's like, um, that weird, like ruins like oh, old right. the end yeah yeah, yeah, his, yeah okay it's like what his actual lair is it's so extravagant yeah, and, and it's, it's so like, cool and it's like and it's so, and you know it's so over the top that like that it, that it's probably like it easily immersive especially as a kid so he's running around on this terrifying set and then you have a guy who's actually trying to scare him i'm yep. like there's no way all those are not real yeah that reactions. kid that kid is really <laughs> reacting um yeah, that's that. Uh, yeah, that's nuts. And I also love the fact that 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 guy now, like as an adult, is yeah. like a perfectly normal. Yeah. Like, yep, he's like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do love the fact that uh, after they tore down the playground that he near, like the scene where he tries to to go back to God uh, in real life, when they're like, "Yeah, we're tearing down this playground," his family bought it and then set it up in his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he still has it. He still has it. That's great. Uh, so yeah, New Nightmare is just one of those films that. It's it's so unique for its time. Uh, it holds up very well. The the scares and kills in it are just top notch. It, um, it has some great throwbacks to the original, like the like the the babysitter being killed. It's like yep. even more brutal and stuff. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, uh, well, because you could see him. Like that's what made it cool too. Because like in the first one, you, you don't couldn't s- see him. You don't see him yeah. 
dragging her. And you then see this how one, he does. you see him dragging and her. And she's like oh. such an innocent character, which yeah. uh, I think they said in the documentary, like how originally they thought she was going to be working with like Freddie and stuff. Yeah, like they were going to, they were going to, they had a, a subplot where she was the, the, the bad caller and she right, was right. involved in all this stuff, but then they ended up not doing it. I, I like, which makes it, I like this makes it better because she's yeah. like a, a pure good person that yeah. like just, trying to just help him. eats it the whole time. Yeah. Um, and I, and the one thing I do like is because it, it, it worked in the previous films, but in this one, Freddy, there, there's no camp. There's right. no, he's, there's he's no, there's no one-liners. This is the there's gritty <laughs> reboot in the series. Are like, which is why when they did a gritty reboot, I'm like, right. we've already seen this. Yeah, that didn't make it. Doesn't uh, work. I'll defend the the reboot. I saw uh, the reboot. It's it's still better than the shitty ones in the original series. I, I'll, that's it's not, not great. Yeah, but that's I want to watch it again. But I still think it's they did. They did all right, but I don't the only see them with bring it back is, the franchise. But the only problem with it is it's like it might as well not have been called like Nightmare on Elm Street because it's not Freddy Krueger. It's just some guy who's killing people in their dreams. Like it do, it's not since it's not Freddy Krueger, that's what you need specifically for a Nightmare on Elm Street to be above the other because like, I feel like all a lot of the other horror movies are very interchangeable. Do you know, like they're all just like Deaths, crazy deaths, all centered around something, and there's maybe like a scary villain, but he's not at all interesting, right? And so they're all very interchangeable. Nightmare on Elm Street's on another level. Oh, absolutely! It's like he's he's like so weird and like so scary, and he's so like like he's gonna mess with your mind and all the stuff, and like he doesn't want to just kill you; he wants to like play with you like a cat plays with a mouse, right? Exactly. And then, so that makes it terrifying. And in the reboot with. And I love Jackie, Jackie Haley. Early Haley, but oh, he's a he great actor. Our, he, he did about he's he did he did a fine job of it like just playing like the Fred Krueger character when he was alive and stuff. But like he just doesn't he just doesn't bring the anything to the table that separates it from any other horror. Freddy movie. is one of those characters, and and there aren't many characters uh, in, in movies that I feel this way about. Freddy is one of those characters that I almost feel cannot be played by anyone else correctly. It's yeah. It's, um, that's why I don't want him. Like I don't. I didn't really do that well at the box office. It's not gonna. I no, don't they're think not they're gonna, gonna have a franchise. One. Yeah, that's that's fine. You know. Yeah, exactly. but, I mean, like you could you could interchange a lot. Like I mean, as much Jason as I love. And yeah, you, but like Michael even, Myers. even beyond that, like you know, the the latest Star Treks have proven you can replace all those actors, and the and it's still gonna right. be great. Um, you 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 just can't do it without yeah. Robert England. I, Robert I England also think that you can't it. do it like. You can't do it that when it's not in the eighties. Like you know, I just really feel like even though you can watch them now and appreciate them, you couldn't make it again. Right? Like, like they like, were I definitely like they... a, a product of their time. Exactly. When yeah. when when horror movies were like low budget horror movies, especially, yeah. were being cranked out by by uh, uh, independent companies. And it's kind of funny when it, when they talk about the first one in the documentary. How, what Freddy Freddy was originally going to look like? It was going to be like this older man Just and stuff. An old man, and, yeah. And actually, Robert Engel was like sort of too young. And they were worried about, it, and then they realized like, look. And then Wes Craven's like, oh, we we he's wearing he's wearing a mask. It doesn't, I guess that's kind of silly. That <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. He, he doesn't yeah, have to be old. Looks, yeah, it doesn't have to be old. <laughs> I do love when he goes into the creation of the the character Freddy, and especially that like weird old man that was hanging out outside of his 
bedroom window. Oh, that was so, that's so that's creepy. creepy. <laughs> Wes Craven is full of the creepiest stories. What's really funny, and I, and, 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 and I, I've, I've done, because I'm such a fucking nerd for this stuff, um, I've read a couple of books on, like, horror movies in general, and what's really funny is Wes Craven was not, like, growing up, he was not interested in horror at all. Um, well, they it, talk about he's not like it, like when they talk about meeting him. Like yeah, Robert set. England was ex- excited to meet this master of art, and he's like, he's, he's wearing Ralph Lauren, and he <laughs> looks like a prep. He's a normal dude. He's yeah. not weird or anything. No, right? no. normal. When he when he when he got on the set of Last House on the Left, his first film, which is if you've not seen Last House on the seen Left, it. don't. <laughs> um, it it takes a certain person to watch it's, Last House on the Left. It it's a very brutal movie with this with. Throwing in some weird Connie bits, like with that buddy cop storyline. Yeah, at it's times just it's very strange. It's all over the place. I actually would almost say the remake of that it gets the tone of it. It's brutal. The remake of that is actually pretty decent. Really, I've not seen it. It's it, it's very brutal and stuff. I mean, it's, it has a more brutal tone than okay. the first one. But but the first one, there's some like. I remember watching the first one going like, what am I doing? Why it's, am I watching this? It's Why rough. am I subjecting myself it's to this? It's rough. It's so mean. But like he had said he just, it was like, oh, uh, horror, horror films, uh, they're just easy to get into. So I'm just going to make right. a horror film. He had yeah. never seen a horror film up until <laughs> That's then. That's crazy. And then he does Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, Eyes which is insane. I haven't seen that one, actually. Dude, I've seen so the remake, good. but I've never seen the original. No, you need to see the original. The original is so damn good <laughs> um, and really, really creepy. One of the best trivia points that they brought up that they said in the original script for New Nightmare um, Wes Craven was supposed to be being driven around writing the script for New Nightmare. Right. The whole thing when she finally got to talk to him he was being driven around by what's his name from the original Hills Have Eyes. That oh, really um, I can never remember his name. But yeah, that but, real but the, weird but the looking the main guy who's like real weird looking like so he was being driven around by that actor in this van and Wes Craven had cut his eyelids off it, and it he was, was crazy. And he was like just writing this script, and all he was doing was always being on the run from Freddy. Right. And like that was this idea. And then when they went to film it, Wes was like, I'd rather just be in a house. <laughs> so yeah. then they went that route, which I think was a lot Work, better. I think it worked way I, better. I think it worked better because it, like, it showed him like, in a normal state, but also showed him like, kind of terrified. Yeah, and you, when you see scared. the screen of them, that conversation is like, this movie got so much deeper. Yeah, yeah, that was. Nuts. I my my favorite scene of New Nightmare in the real world is when um, she goes to visit or she's she's calling Robert Engel on the phone and he's like half listening to her, half working on his painting. He's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, we'll get together." No, I'm, oh, I'm not just today. Getting, not, not today. <laughs> no, no, I don't think today. And then like he's like, "Yeah, next week." And then he hangs up the phone and like they they pan out to what he's painting and it's just like the big glove and I'm like. Oh man! <laughs> and then when she calls him again, he's like, uh, "Yeah, they just get to the answering machine." He's like, "Oh yeah, you've reached the Englands. Uh, we're out of the country. We don't know when we're coming back." And it's like, <laughs> "Damn!" Yeah. So, I almost wish they would have stopped with New Nightmare. But I feel like it was I, worth talking about the next part. Freddy versus Jason. I will admit. I will admit. Now that that whole feeling of wish they would have stopped that is in retrospect. At the time, <laughs> no, no, I, no. Oh, you mean you wish they would have stopped making the movies? Right. Oh, I thought you meant you wish they would have stopped. No, the no, 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 no. I wish they I thought stopped this part movies. of the documentary was especially interesting. Oh, I loved this part of the documentary. Gotcha. Yeah, oh this part. Was, but I wish they would have stopped as a franchise. Gotcha. Oh, but I, yeah. Exactly. The development but, hell of Freddy vs. Jason is oh, it went absolutely insane. 
<laughs> um, it's insane. So for for those who do not know, at the end of uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Ten, Jason mm-hmm. goes to hell. Wait. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Wait. When Jason yeah. goes to hell. Yeah. At the very I don't know if it's ten, ten. but it's it when Jason like goes to hell. Because Jason X was ten, or I, I, yeah. I, it's Friday thirteen. We're talking about yeah, Nightmare. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, so okay. at the end of Jason goes to hell, the the Jason mask is thrown down on dirt, uh, like the uh, a grave, like right. on the dirt, and the last shot is uh, Kane Hodder who played uh, Jason in the last like four films. Yeah, uh, wearing the Freddy glove. It's just the glove. Mm-hmm. The Freddy glove comes up grabs the mask and takes the mask down into the dirt or right. down into hell. And so they just did that as like a throwaway thing. They're yeah, like, well, that'll be cool. Fun. Yeah. That started this <laughs> massive <laughs> Well, like thing. Robert Eaglin even said, like, this this movie, the, inv- the invention of this movie came about when the first Elm Street came out and I went to the first press event and the first teenage boy came up to me and was like so like who would win between you and Jason like, yeah, like, yeah the very first question that anyone like, asked. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. um and and, uh, and 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 what they say is very true uh nerds love yep to do the the <laughs> who would fight who I, I remember a, a, a buddy of mine was telling me a story he was walking through I forget which convention it was he was just walking through one of the comic cons <laughs> um and he he overheard two very loud guys yelling at each other, just really getting into it. And he walked over and he like leans over to somebody who goes, what are they fighting about? And he goes, oh, they're fighting out who would win in a fight. Uh, Captain Kirk versus <laughs> Scully from X-Files. <laughs> and he's like, I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> it, it, that, yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we nerds, especially young, young men nerds, oh, yeah. love to fight over who would win. So of, of course, a Freddy versus Jason was inevitable, <laughs> um, because they were the like they said they were they were the two biggest uh, icons in horror at that time. Um, I mean, if not biggest, just in the sense that they've had most recognizable and so much content. Like yes, you know, yes. like you could argue that like you know, like there are certain other. Like villains that have better movies. Oh, oh no! Absolutely, quality. they would have better movies. Right. But I'm just talking for but pure just, yeah, recognizability. There's, yeah, there's so many movies for each of them that it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, at, as a kid, I knew who Freddy and Jason were before I even saw the movies. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. So of course the whole so when they announced Freddy versus Jason, like that it was actually coming, like they actually yeah. had a date. There were filming. We have a script. I was. Let's see what year did that come out? Two thousand three. Two thousand three. I saw in theaters. <laughs> That's yep. awesome. I was fourteen. I did. Yeah. So I would have been. I would have been, probably like, nineteen. Yeah. Twenty. Something like that. I would have been fresh out of you know. Like I was still young of, and dumb. So yeah. You know. <laughs> I I I was old enough to know better, but not old enough not to get excited. Yeah. So I I mean I went into that thinking well this is going to be awful. But I still am going to go to theaters to see it. So I saw it in theaters. I saw it um, in, in in some really terrible uh, boardwalk theater in Wildwood, New Jersey. Um, <laughs> in in just the most bombed out, just just the worst theater. Don't don't ever don't ever go to just just avoid that area of New Jersey. It's the worst. And and I have to say, after watching it, I'm like, oh, I don't know that I ever need to see that again. <laughs> But I, I now that I own it, because uh, I bought all the movies, 
I, I, and after watching the documentary, I'm like, maybe I will see it again because it, 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 it doesn't look as bad as I remembered. I remember it being pretty bad. It's a whole lot of dumb, well, but the, it's fun. Yeah, the one thing that, it's so dumb that's though. striking when you watch through all of them is like you're watching them all, and then when you hit Freddy vs. Jason, it actually starts looking like movies that I'm familiar like with. Like a modern film. Like a modern yeah. film where you're like, okay, like these effects don't immediately look the worst. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And not the not even the worst, but just dated, you know, where you're just like, okay, this is this it, from so the that's 80s, how they did from that. the nineties. Um But even though it's still ten years old, it still look like so something about like once we hit a certain point with, you know, CG or whatever and, and film technology that it, that it just at least looks it modern. starts looking like okay yeah. here we go, <laughs> um, but the whole I mean the, the the whole premise of it is pretty I, so, I, the, you, so you, they go into some of the development hell because this, this was in oh, development yeah. for a long time the development hell of it's the most interesting part exactly yeah, yeah. So imagine so how, how many scripts they've gone oh. through in those years <laughs> and scripts. some of the script ideas although stupid right I as a horror fan. Especially at nineteen, would have lost my mind. Yeah. Right. So the original ending. Of oh Freddy my god! Jason, this original ending would have been awesome. The, the original ending is Freddie and Jason are <laughs> battling it out in hell. Right. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the chain these chains come flying out and attach themselves to Freddie and Jason and, and haul <laughs> them back. And then Pinhead stands up and goes. Gentlemen, what seems to be the trouble? <laughs> and as a horror fan, I would have been like, yes! And, yes! and to give him the help, the, the lake, which they fight at the end, that's still in the movie, this hand was going to come out. And that was the problem, is this movie would have went way over budget. They had no money to do right. that sequence. The stuff they wanted to do. I'm, pr- yeah. I'm sure they had the rights, though, to do it. Like, to have well, they, they Pinhead. Did no, they, no, that, that, that was why did. it didn't happen. Oh, that they was part of it, have. along with the budget. Yeah, probably the budget too. Which, if they had a better budget, they would have bought the rights or at least rented yeah. the rights. Yeah. Um. So that's why that was the big reason why they didn't have the rights to do it. Um. Well, then there was also like certain scripts where it was like, uh, a like because they needed to bring Freddy back yet again. Yep. So like there was this like there was like a cult called like the, the Fred, Fred Heads. Heads. Oh <laughs> my they, god! Like, they like conjured him back to life. Well, they would take and... like because the one guy said like they would take sleeping pills. To fall asleep. No, no, that was a different thing. That was the Peter Jackson one. That was a different movie. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, the, but there's so many scripts and yeah. they're so intertwined. It's really hard to keep them all the, the, straight. The, the Peter Jackson one that was for I think Freddy's Dead, which was a really cool idea. They had this idea that it, for Freddy's Dead, Peter Jackson wrote up a script, um, and like this is what you know got him. You know, kind of the the beginning of the partnership that he has with New Line. Yeah, all, all the Lord of the Rings or New Line. Oh uh, so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Peter Jackson writes the script for Freddy's Dead, and his his idea is that we have an aging Freddy who like it has become like a joke, yep. and kids will just force like just take sleeping pills, go to sleep just to wail on Freddy, yeah, and just beat to beat up on Freddy, him. and he like has no power, but he's still uh. he's still in people's dreams. So right. like people could just beat up on him, and he's right, like right. really like just awful. And he, but then you know, of course, you know, he kills one kid, and then gets just enough power to start like doing a little bit. And so like I'm like that would have been a cool. That story. That's Great kind story. of the <laughs> basis of the idea of Freddy versus Jason, the one we got. Yeah. yeah, I don't they even definitely borrowed heavily. I mean, from now that story. I know the ending of Freddy Dead, I was like, 
like what canon are they based like this is <laughs> it doesn't make it's just like right uh t- this happened like they don't really no kind of go into it but it's just like we're a horror movie just just do it here, just roll you, you, with we already it. got your money just roll with it yeah, yeah so sure. freddy versus jason is not a great film it's, it's i i do like I, uh, again one, one of the parts i love in the uh um, Never Sleep Again is when they talk about the one character who is clearly based on James. That was amazing. And then they cut to James himself going, "Man, I was really happy to be a part of this movie." <laughs> oh wait, I wasn't in that movie. Fuck that film. And then he gets up and storms off the that set. That was amazing. I was like, "Yes, that's." Crazy. But yeah, there the, the 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 you know the development hell. Like they said, there was a lot of scenes that got cut, and so then there's scenes that got left in that don't make sense, sense now yep. because of the scenes that got uh, cut. Wait, what was the one plotline in that movie that doesn't make sense? Like, I don't know where is it. Uh... There's a lot, dude. I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> uh, There's a ton. So, yeah, I mean, this this is a, a clear example of what happens when a movie gets stuck in development hell for too long. Yeah. And then uh, you have a film made by committee. They right. Frankensteined it from yeah, ideas. Yeah, and it's that's... basically just, just you know, it, let's, yeah. let's there... staple some ideas together. <laughs> it was just, we need enough plot for these guys to fight. To fight and out, yeah. We have a... Uh, but... In, they must have done something right because this movie made a stupid amount of money. Right. Well, like, I think this movie I mean, made just, more money than it. <laughs> just yeah. the names got people to the theater. Oh yeah, you know, for sure. Oh yeah. Um, like, they, they they probably could have even made a lesser movie, and it still yeah. would have made that much, or at least a decent amount, because people would have just been like, "Well, I gotta go see what happens." Right. And of course, then when it was a huge success, they wanted to make another. Which I, again, <laughs> oh, I'm so horror, glad they went into this because I was so on with this idea for a, a while. As a horror nerd, I would have been like, "Whoa, you're telling me there's going to be a Freddy versus Jason versus Ash movie? <laughs> I'm there. Uh. I'm there." <laughs> and I, I, I don't even think they wrote a script. Yeah. I, uh, I don't even think it got it, that. It far. just went to far as Bruce Campbell saying he no. asked him if. If he hasn't, can I kill them? And he said no, and he just hung up. Nope, never mind. That's <laughs> that's such a word. And it like that's the, what's the point then? I mean, and right. na- and now it's too f- like now it's too late. It, it's right. gone. Ro- Robert England can't. Bl- I don't. I can't see Robert England playing Freddy again. <laughs> and there ain't no way that uh, they can get anyone to play. Well, they, they didn't have Kane Holt. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't they get was, anyone to play Jason. Well, that, yeah, it kind of felt bad in that part because they had Kane on and he's talking and he's like. Yeah, I was submitting all this information and ideas for the Freddy vs. Jason thing. And then all of a sudden, I heard it was in production, and I was like, wait, I didn't get any calls. I'm like, uh... But, Kane, I mean, like, you had Hunter, to see that coming. Though. Yeah, like, but on, I, will, I will say that I, after seeing all the Friday the 13th, because I've seen all the Friday the 13th... <laughs> I haven't, actually, surprisingly. <laughs> don't, don't. Yeah. Um, I have enough self-respect. I don't know why. See, only see some of them. Right. Um, <laughs> Kane, Kane Hodder... Is the best Jason. Yeah. I will say that. Kane Hunter is by far the best Jason. Uh, even though he plays Jason in some of the worst movies. <laughs> Friday the 13th Part 8. Uh, Jason Takes Manhattan is bull. That movie's awful. From he the doesn't go to Manhattan for like the, the last 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> That's the only movie that if you want. That movie's only worth watching for the director's cut. Specifically because of the director or the commentary. Because it's the only commentary I'm aware of. Where in the first five minutes of the film. The director apologizes for this <laughs> film's existence. I've seen uh, stuff. Well I mean. Well, Where the director yeah. flat out says, I'm sorry for making this movie. <laughs> I Actually, I've heard the Batman and Robin uh, commentary is pretty good because Joel Schumacher is like, rubber nipples, what was I thinking? Like, just, <laughs> he, you know what? I, now I want to see that. That sounds great. <laughs> you know what? I actually might buy that Blu-ray set just to listen just to that commentary. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, th- th- there, there are. Well, we should have an entire episode about like just movies that are worth seeing for the commentary alone. <laughs> uh, Conan the Barbarian will be on that. Episode. Oh man, that is a that is a good <laughs> time commentary. So, I will um, say one thing about the documentary is that they are brutal. It's it's nice going to a, seeing something where they're not they're brutally honest about things they didn't like about the movie and oh, yeah. just like when things went wrong and yeah. people they didn't like and yeah. ideas Absolutely. they weren't into like yeah. i like how it's not all there is no I mean, coding there's a little bit of like oh you know you know freddie is like the the greatest you know horror icon in you know cinema history and like some words that are a little bit you're like okay. I mean, they're proud of their work. Right, exactly, yeah, they should be work. right. Like let's let's not get ridiculous though. I mean, no, like, no, they're talking that, about yeah, like yeah. for the enti- like they're t- they're you know they they start throwing around the word cinema and you're like okay. Wait a minute. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, no, no. at least know where you what, are. Know yeah, your at least role. Know what you've made. <laughs> um, but like I said, at, this documentary is like phenomenal if you are a fan of the right. series. If you don't like the series or you have no real knowledge of the series, I don't know that you're going to get a whole lot out of this. Yeah, it's not like a documentary like um, that you can go into like with no information. It's not like like there's plenty of documentaries like that where you go into them with like no like you just have a maybe a general interest in something, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever weird topic, and then you, by the end you're like, whoa, that was really informative. Like this is a little bit not for that kind no, of, you know, no, this isn't not. like a Radio Lab episode where you're like, oh, cool. I Eat. learned something new today. Like, I mean, you know, you could kind of learn about how, like, um, films are made. I guess. No, no, the, the, there, there, there is that. some of that aspect to it where, like. And, like, it's it's def- definitely, like, a, a, a history lesson on New Line. Oh, absolutely. Who, who went from, like, a one person out of his car to, like. Lord of the Rings. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge jump. That is a very, yeah, considering, yeah. Bob Shea literally was running it out of the trunk of his car <laughs> to we made one of the biggest money makers of all time. There's a lot of things in this documentary, and which is why, like, our review essentially became a review of the whole series. So yeah. You, we, we did nine movie reviews in this episode, essentially. essentially, essentially. Which you kind of have to, because there's so much to yeah, talk about. Like, there's, exactly. Like, there's... So many things you could mention. And, and they talk about and we didn't everything you really ever want. Yeah, and we didn't really scratch the surface. Like I said, the 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 movie itself is almost four hours long. It's, <laughs> it's and you know what? Yeah. Could have been longer. <laughs> I but been. I will there, say, like, bonus features on the DVD. Yeah, like like I'm not, you know I I you know I've seen all the Freddies or the the Nightmare on Elm Streets. I love them. You know, like in their own way. Um, and so, like, I like I like the documentary a lot. So, like, if you, I think I don't think you have to have seen them all. I don't think you have to have seen them like very recently. It helps a little bit. Just have an appreciation. If you've just, seen the right. first one, if you, you have an give appreciation, a shot. yeah. If right. you have, have an appreciation, if you give them. no shits about like right. horror, then exactly. don't yeah. bother. Dad, be- Dad, <laughs> you, you you didn't like this back in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. Not gonna like it now. Yes, but but if you but if you're kind of like oh yeah, Freddy, dude, he was kind of cool. Oh uh, yeah, that's fun. Then you will probably get. I, I, I think it really helps there. to be our age bracket where we grew up yes. in the whole Freddy craze. Definitely. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's slap a rating on this bad boy. I'm gonna give it four out of four Freddy blades. Boom. All right, I give it um, three point five out of four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I gotta think of one. Um, oh, oh, oh. No, I'm gonna give I, it. I'm gonna give it a uh, 230 out of 240 minutes. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. 
I give it Nightmare on Elm out of street. Nice. Yeah, right. girl. Work. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, that about wraps it up here for us on End of the Critic. Uh, as always. Oh, dude. I, I, no, this is my writing. You can cut it and put it in. I give it a nine out of ten. Never sleep again. Nice. <laughs> oh my god. Nice. Boom. <laughs> Very nice. Um, some of you are going to be wondering, hey, where's the shotgun review? We went, we overclocked this one by a long shot. So I think what we're going to do is save the shotgun review for next week. As always, want to uh, uh, remind everybody to check out our Facebook page. Uh, like us there if you have a suggestion for a shotgun review that is the place to do it um again as always if it's on netflix i'm gonna see it a lot faster um want to thank bobby roberts for the use of our theme song off the geek remix albums you can get them at geekremix.com. michael do you have anything stupid to say about bobby uh, roberts it seems to be a thing. no because i turn off the podcast when this segment comes on <laughs> wow <laughs> Our, our 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 biggest listener, and even you're like nuts to this crap. I sixty. What this is gonna be sixty one episode. episode. I had enough this this shit. <laughs> maybe getting too old. For maybe maybe shit. maybe at this point I can stop thanking Bobby Roberts because uh, yeah, I that, have not I, gotten an email. That's kind of why Roberts. I still say something because I'm like, when is Chris gonna stop thanking this guy? You stop thanking him, and Bobby Roberts is like that piece. Yeah, of I'll get shit. I'll get an email. Sixty two. What the? F- I'll get an email from. <laughs> hey, you can e- stop using my music now, dick. <laughs> Email, Aww. eat my shit, Bobby Roberts. <laughs> oh, and he has no. an album called Fuck Enter the Critic and stuff. <laughs> that would be the best. Right, exactly. No, so do this. You know, do that. that. All, all is, you know, that's great. He has way more listeners than we have. So, all right. Uh, what is our next movie? Oh, we're doing Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, we will be doing Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. So. I wanted to do The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, of course you do. I'll go see that with you, Parker. I'm well. I'm it's, already going to see it with Pamela. Okay, he's going. With I know his it's wife. it's playing at Ephra, It's going to play at Ephra Maine, so I don't have to no, drive I'm, far for I'm it. Seeing it. He's seeing I'm seeing IMAX midnight showing. 3D. No, I'm just seeing a midnight showing though. We've got to get that the, IMAX with sound. All the Actually, other... that movie's going to do better at the box office than Edge of Tomorrow. Oh yeah, for sure. It's 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 like huge like. Do you know how many kids have read that? I mean, every single kid I haven't, in Pamela's High School. I haven't even really seen the book. trailer, but I guess I'm gonna go see it. So uh, it's gonna be. I'm, awesome. well, I'm ready to cry. And stuff. It's gonna. You're gonna be crying <laughs> all day. So You're ready for all so those. So I'll feels. I'll I'll do a mini review of the Fault in Our Stars. Good, so you good. can look forward we'll to that. Do, we'll do we'll, it we'll just be like the other ones. Well, and I'm sure. Well, if if you didn't read the book, I get. I don't know if it's a good movie or not. <laughs> I read the book, so I, I don't know, guys. <laughs> Like all your other book reviews. <laughs> Michael, we should just have you bank a bunch of episodes for us and be done with it. <laughs> you know what? Just give me a microphone to keep, and I'll do all the shotgun reviews and send it your way. Nice. So, all right. Well, uh, look forward to that next week. Uh, until next time, I'm Chris Klump. Oh, um, um, I'm Matt Schaefer, and uh, this I'm, uh, I'm Michael Karstetter. It's been fun being on here. Maybe, maybe this won't be my last appearance. Possibly not. Uh. This is definitely my last appearance. <laughs> my name is Parker Lindstrom. If if I don't hear, if you don't hear from me in about a week, then that means that something has gone wrong, and you need to send this to the FBI because <laughs> Chris has finally abducted me, kept me in the basement to be used for his podcast dream. So this please, is this is, yeah, a, this, is my, this is my this has been an elaborate setup for a, a found file. footage podcast uh, horror series. <laughs> this is my. This is my found audio, I should say. Yeah, this is my cry for help. Please, if you're hearing this, then then I have been captured. I'm just for I'm, I have Parker chained up to a soundboard, forcing him to record a podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. <laughs>